Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another great episode. You all, I'm so excited today because we have one of my favorite humans, great dear friends. We have Michael Kay here, who is the Director of Brand Marketing and Communications at Archer, which is truly an app that's revolutionizing the space. And I want Michael to break it all down for you. So I'm not even going to ruin it and try to butcher it by saying what it is, because it's so much more than anything I could say. So if you love technology, if you like apps, if you want to hear two great friends just hang out and chat this is the episode for you so grab a seat grab a snack and let's get into today's episode with michael michael welcome to the show how are you i'm here with you so this is the best day of my life it's a party oh my goodness okay before we get started i always like to talk about um what people were listening to last year like who are some of your top artists on repeat songs like all that stuff Oh, you know exactly who this is going to be. My number one artist was Taylor Swift. As it should. For like the millionth year in a row. As it should. We love her. I cannot wait till her version of Reputation comes out. That's going to be such a cultural reset. I feel that the like world's not ready for. I'm always in my reputation era. <laughs> Rep- I flip back and forth between lover and reputation. Which, those are really just my two personalities. <laughs> Am I either going to love you or be your nightmare? <laughs> nightmare dressed like a daydream. Yes. Put it on my grave. Uh, yes. Uh, no, same. Taylor was my top artist. Um, as you all know, as I mentioned every episode. Um, and then Ed Sheeran. And I'm missing someone. J.P. Cooper and some, like, other people. Um, that's a whole nother story. Anywho, take us back to childhood Michael. Who was, like, a person or where? when was the first time that you felt you saw yourself, like, representing it on, like, TV, pop culture, and the media? You know, I don't remember ever really seeing queer people or queer characters in any of the movies that I watched as a really young child. I will say the first person that comes to mind when you asked me this was Damien from Mean Girls. Uh. And 
Stanley Tucci in The Devil Wears Prada, even though we know he's a straight actor. I am a child of the young 90s, so obviously we had Will and Grace and and Brokeback Mountain and Paris is Burning, though I didn't watch that documentary until I was in my 20s. But I would say growing up, where I saw myself reflected was actually in characters like Harry Potter, people who are also adopted, like I was, and were a little bit different than everyone around them. Although I will say, my adopted parents are the best, and my bedroom was not in a cupboard under the stairs, and I'm still <laughs> waiting for my Hogwarts letter. Yes. Wait, what house are you in? Ravenclaw. Yes. With a touch of Slytherin. Oh, we love to see it. I am a Gryffindor. Yes. I see that for you. Yeah. I totally see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I feel like Will and Grace was mine. Like I feel like Will and Grace, um, Marco off Degrassi. Did you watch Degrassi? I was not a Degrassi kid. Oh my god! So uh, that was that. What what a chokehold! What a chokehold that had on me. I actually, for someone who watches so much TV now, I didn't watch a lot of TV as a child. My parents were really strict about that. I don't think I even had a TV in my room until close to high school, and. My parents, who I mentioned I'm adopted. I'm adopted by my grandparents. So they raised their my aunts before me. And they were actually in the newspaper for famously removing all the TVs in their home with my aunts. So they were, we weren't really people who were like glued to our TVs. So there's so many shows that I missed out on that I'm like catching up on now or just learning about and consuming. Wait, that's cr- No, but I agree that like I don't. I'm one of those words, like, I don't like a TV in the bedroom, and I mm-hmm. don't like, I don't know, like, I'm not one of those that likes to have the TV where I said, no, I feel that, I respect that. We don't have that now. I'm a big movie theater person, though. I love going to the theaters. No, because I'm a sound and visual, like, yes. nerd and, like, aficionado, so I never was the one that was like, oh, I'm using LimeWire to get the new LimeWire like, throwback. <laughs> like, I was like, no, I went on iTunes, I need the sound to be... I need Crest. to hear I need to hear Britney breathing. Like I need to hear all that. Like I need to if I'm gonna see a movie, I need to see Margot Robbie like throwing something. Like I need the impeccable visions of it all. I'm with you. Like 100%. I know I team movie. Um, okay, where am I going? Um, okay, let's look at <laughs> let's look at LGBT representation. How do you feel it's changed in the last ten years? Like ten years ago we had like shows like Looking Start Coming. RuPaul was still was still a thing. Um, how do you feel like, are we moving forwards, backwards? Like, how do you feel it's coming? So, you know I love data from my OkCupid days. <laughs> so I came with receipts, proof, timelines, Receipt. screenshots, everything. everything. <laughs> so I'll start with there's still, there's still work to be done. But there's definitely more queer representation than we've ever had before. Last year, GLAAD published its Studio Responsibility Index, which for those who aren't familiar, it looks at quantity, quality, and diversity of LGBTQ characters in films. I want to say, don't quote me on this, I believe for the study they looked at over 100 films from the year, and they found that 28.5% of films in 2022 had an LGBTQ character, which is actually the highest GLAAD has seen in its 11 years of doing this study. And within 
those films, 40% had a character of color. So I do want to take a step back and really acknowledge and honor that progress that we're seeing. I will say we should all be encouraging and championing queer representation across media and and film and and really any any industry and i will say that i'm also starting to see queer characters and queer stories that aren't grounded in trauma which is very different when i was growing up i would say every time or almost every time that i saw a gay man on tv whether it's in a movie or a show or on the news it always related to some really traumatic experience. It was a gay man losing his family, losing his friends, losing his job, being assaulted, being murdered. And it's really traumatizing. And it it makes coming out of the closet so much more terrifying. And it's one of the reasons why I stayed in the closet for so long. I didn't come out till I was almost 23 years old. So I had made it through high school and college closeted. And it's because of the, maybe not the lack of representation I saw, but the the type of stories and experiences that I was seeing about my community. No, I feel that. Because when I'm, I'm like, looking at it now, and there, it's, that's so true. Like, there was one I saw at the film festival, like, recently, and it was the same thing. Like, this guy, he was, like, he grew up in, like, a farm town, and um, he was in the closet, and his partner, like, died tragically because he like drank himself it's always something graphic and always like sad and depressing and I feel like we're just now starting to see ones that are where they're just like oh just like just everyday stories it's not like you said buried in trauma like looking and I feel like a few of like HBO's looking and a few other examples of ones like had it where it was like positive where it's like they're working in tech or working whatever it wasn't buried in like some sort of like sad backs or where it's like an outlaw which it does, like you said, it makes it terrifying, makes you not want to, and it's just like that's a fraction of it, but that's not everybody's story. Like yeah. there are stories of people who, like whose parents are embracing them. That everybody's story is not always like outlaw kicked out. Like yes, that is true, and that's still happening, and we should talk about it. But that's not the way it was just so generalized. Like back then, it was just like annoying because that's not true. That's not everything. I completely agree. We need a more breadth and depth of the stories that are about our communities. And even, you know, stories aside, I think where we need to see more progress is seeing more non-binary characters, transgender characters, really normalizing and not using cisgender gay men as the default when we're highlighting a queer character, which is really what we've done for years. Yeah, like, I feel like they're just now starting to be like, oh, yeah, we can do, like, there are other letters in the alphabet. It's like, yeah, people, <laughs> like, it's not just G. It's a long acronym, y'all. Like, we have Renee Rapp, who is our, like, by icon now. Um, I feel like they're now being like, oh, yeah, let we should branch out. There are more here that we can talk about. I'm like, yeah, people, it's mm-hmm. not just one. But, yeah, that's, like, a whole other rabbit hole we can go down. Alrighty, now currently, like, I want to talk about, like, Archer and all that jazz. So give us, like, background on, like, what that is and, like, what your role in that um, all entails. Yeah, so I've been at Match Group for almost five years. And for most of that time, I've been focused on 
OkCupid, which is, I always call it my first baby, my true love, (laughs) the reason I came to Match Group in the first place. But last year, we launched and announced Archer, which is a new dating app for gay, bisexual, and queer men where every profile is is selfie-verified. And I, at that brand, lead the brand marketing and communication. So under my purview is influencer marketing, social media, events, brand partnerships, anything you can really think of. And um, it's been the most rewarding, exciting, challenging project of my entire career to date. I give so much credit to anybody who's working on building a brand, who's launching a new company. And now that I'm doing more in the social media space, God, I give so much credit to all the social media managers out there that we do not give flowers to enough. No, they work hard. Sammy, our social media manager, we love you. I know you're listening. We love you, Sammy. Uh, <laughs> um, thinking about it, like, I know, like, after hearing you say that people are like, oh, gosh, do we need another app? Like, what makes Archer different from, like you said, others? Like, I know we mentioned the selfie verification, which a lot of the apps are now making you verify and making sure people aren't being catfish. Like, what, for those who are like, oh, do we need another, like, gay dating app? Like, how is Archer different from what's already out there? Yeah, so... All the biggest gay dating apps were created over 10 years ago. And honestly, there's been very little innovation on them since. And that's not to say they have not served a purpose for our community. But today's dating climate is just so different than than what it was years ago. I mean, I can speak to my... My own experience, when I graduated college in 2014, I turned to dating apps as the first place where I had an opportunity to meet other gay men. And at the time, I downloaded the most popular one out there. And after I created my profile, which didn't even ask me for a photo, I was greeted with a whole grid of black squares and blank profiles and a lot of torso photos. And for me, as someone who was still closeted, but considering coming out and looking for a space to come out to, it almost made me feel like, even within my own community, I needed to remain anonymous and hidden. And at that point, the closet just isn't where I wanted to spend my time anymore. I actually found Tinder. And that became a safe space for me. And I, this summer it'll be 10 years, am dating the first person, the first guy I've ever been on a date with. So thank you, Tinder. I would love for you to pay for my wedding (laughs) because this story is just the best. But that's sort of, you know, why we created Archer. Archer was created today for today's dater. And it's the app where everyone shows their face. And if you're not willing to do that, that's okay. We know we're going to miss out on people. But we're here for those within the community, all gay, bisexual, and queer men who are out and proud and are maybe looking for something more meaningful. And, you know, while the majority of our daters are 
here looking for dates, hookups, and relationships, we're still seeing that 74% of our users are looking for friendships as well. So yes, we're a dating app, but we're also giving you all the tools you need to build a community through social media-like features like Discover, which is a social media feed within Archer. Following is another feature. Prompts is another feature, which lets you respond via photo and text. So we really wanted to create an app that could be of use to queer men at every stage of their life, whether they're moving to a new city and looking for their chosen family or looking for a hookup on a Saturday night or Tuesday morning. Who knows how spicy you get? (laughs) Or they're looking for their forever person. And I feel like that's so true. Like, a lot of times, like, people do look at Absister for, like, oh, you're in a new city or you're, like, maybe there for a week. And you're like, oh, I just want to find, like, community or find friends or whatever. And so a lot of times it can be kind of hard. And when you said the whole picture thing, I just pictured somebody just, like, I don't know, putting, like, Perry the Platypus. It's like a picture. <laughs> and be like, like, looking for something new. <laughs> just, like, it's wild. I, like, like, I would remember seeing these, like, pixelated photos of a palm tree. And I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> like the stuff we see, like the stuff that you see, and I think that is true because a lot of times like also with a lot of people on there, like they're looking for something more serious or looking for something more playful. And I feel like over the last few years, it's kind of hard to like on a profile for somebody to like say that or like whatever. And a lot of people used to get shame and be like, oh, I'm just looking to just like see what's out there or I'm just trying to like talk to people or um, whatever. And I feel like that kind of like modifying and justification type thing is kind of like hard for people to be like, okay, is this okay that I'm just trying to find friends or like I'm not trying to like date, but like how do I do that in a way that I feel safe on a safe space and like not feel like somebody on here is like trying to like harm me or like use something or do something like X, Y, Z. Yeah, we really wanted to make it easy for whatever reason you're on Archer to begin with. One of my features, one of my favorite features that I actually really love is our tags feature. And for me, I have an Archer profile because I'm always looking for friends. I Some of my tags are RuPaul's Drag Race, Soul Cycle, Taylor Swift, yes. Book Nerd, like all the things that I love. And that allows me to attract other people that are also avid readers or are also cycling or are going to go with me to a bar to watch a drag race premiere or whatever it is. So we we really want it. We're really mindful about everything that we put into the app and making sure that we weren't flooding people with too many options when it came to features, but everything really does serve a purpose. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. 
My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And I feel like what's so cool that you guys also do really well is your social strategy, insane. Like from the tick, like from the funny like creator TikToks and videos that you guys have done to this loved ones like Laith, I love Laith, and you've had like Gus and like so many like, how does all that come about? Because honestly, that social strategy should be studied. It's like up there with Barbie movie, like of how iconic all of it is. Just so cool. I'm going to need to bring you into my self, my one-on-one review this year because, <laughs> and I'm going to need to repeat all of that. <laughs> Definitely compare us to Barbie. Um, it's It's been a lot. So we, you know, I, I mentioned that we just launched last summer. We had to make a lot of noise. You know, we're a brand new app that no one has ever heard of. And to date, it's only been a f- not even three quarters since we've been out and live. We've partnered with over 100 creators and influencers and other talent. And for me, it was really important that anyone we partnered with represented the diversity of this community, not just in terms of ethnicity and race or body type, but also in terms of interests. There has been so many times, there have been so many times, that I've gone into queer spaces and not felt comfortable because I just, maybe in that room, there wasn't my people. There weren't my people. So for me, it was really important that we were reaching out to the gay, bisexual, and queer men who are sporty, who might love drag race, who are really feminine, and really reaching people regardless of what their interests were. Um, so yeah, we've we've worked with a lot of different creators and influencers. And for me, going into every single one of those partnerships, the one thing I always said, no matter who it was, was I need you to create content for us that feels super authentic to you. So if you look at, there's been hundreds of videos created on behalf of Archer. Very rarely are you going to find two of them that are exactly the same. Um, we've had people do funny skits that have made me laugh out loud. We've had people talk about their coming out experience that have made me cry. We even partnered with an artist at the beginning of last year. And I remember when I met him in person, he said to me, I don't, I don't know why you chose me to partner with you for Archer. Have you actually looked at my feed? And I was like, yeah, I looked at your feed. That's, that's why we chose you. And he was like, I just, I'm an artist. I, all I do are illustrations. And I was like, why wouldn't you want to draw the Archer app and create, you know, your vision of Archer? And that's what he did. And we actually wound up buying his artwork afterwards to decorate our office with. Oh, so, you know, there's, there's so much um, different type of content out there on behalf of Archer. And, and because we are a platform that's all about community building, like the features that I mentioned, 
we're also using our social channels, especially Instagram, as a way to build community and foster conversations. I actually recently did a exercise where I built out our social media playbook. And I identified three content pillars for us, which are relatable AF, dating, and sex ed, and feel good. So everything you're seeing and will be seeing coming out on that page are going to fall into those categories and themes. And I'm also really lucky that on a platform like Instagram, I get to work with a brilliant creative freelancer His name is James Barrett. I've known him for years, and I just wanted to give him a shout-out because he's been such an incredible partner and colleague and collaborator in in helping shape the Archer brand and vision on social. No, because it's so true about the no content to same. Like, I've discovered so many creators, like, from the ones I've done closely to, whether it be, like you said, like a coming-out story or just, like, a funny skit where I'll be, like, crying, laughing, or, like, having to grab like three tissues or whatever. And I think that's so cool and so unique that a lot of um, brands sometimes get wrong. It's like they want to kind of get like a certain type of creator, a certain type of partner that like fits that mold and kind of like be like, okay, this is what we need you to do, the deliverable versus like letting the creator or person that you get be like, hey, this is our story. We want you to like figure out how it makes how is it, how it makes sense to you and like fits like what you're doing, which can be kind of hard. And like that one creator that you said was like, I'm an artist, why would you want to pick me? Because it can be kind of intimidating. It's like, how do I, like, I don't fit this mold. And it's like, no, we want you to celebrate you and, like, figure out, like, how this makes sense to you. And I feel like that's just so cool. And a lot of brands don't want to take their risk because they're like, okay, what if this doesn't make sense? Or what if artists doesn't get it? And that can be kind of like a hard balance. Yeah, I think, you know, going back to what you just said about fitting the mold, I think we're here to break the mold. And that's sort of the approach we've taken. Of course, all our creator partners are going to have to hit on certain key messages. But we do give a ton of creative flexibility when we're working with them. Um, And they know their audience best. So it only makes sense to listen to them. And I feel like that's something a lot of, like, brands that forget. They're, like, they realize where it's, like, they want to tap these creators' audience. And they're, like, oh, but, like, and it speaks like scenes. Like, if you're trying to tap their audience, like, like you said, they know their audience better than you do. So you... Just let them do what you hired them to do instead of being like, you need to mention this and it has to be that. And then at the third second market, you need to like flash this or like drop that code. And it's like, no, if you want them to tap into their audience authentically, you have to let them do them. Otherwise, they're going to be like, okay, this is definitely SpawnCon and we're going to keep scrolling. Like you want to be able to, like you said, grab their attention. Absolutely. That's what we did with uh, Gus Kenworthy that we worked with in December last year. You know, I went into a conversation with him and I had this very specific idea for him. And he was like, that's great. It's going to flop on my page. And are you open to doing something different? And I was like, yeah, let's do what you think is going to work best. As long as that still makes sense for us, we're good. And I think it's having that trust and being like, okay, like I'm not going to fight with the person about like what's going to work, what's not being like, okay, like I'm going to trust you. And I feel like a lot of times people can get, Someone there would be like, no, no, it has to be this, it has to be that. And especially when he's like, if we do this, it's not going to do well. And being like, you know what, like, we got to take a step back and have to trust him and be like, all right, like, what you think is best will work versus being like, no, like, our way or the highway. Like, nope, that's not it. It has to be what we want. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, taking a step further, like, doing all that. And like you said, you guys are new. Like, what in-person activations and stuff like that have you all done in, to really kind of 
bring it offline and really build that community to like another level. Lord, they have had me traveling <laughs> coast to coast all over New York State. You know, when we announced and launched Archer last year, we really recognized that we had to be everywhere that gay men were, both on and offline. Yes, we're on Instagram. Yes, we're on TikTok. But we did a lot of in-person events. And we hired dozens of brand ambassadors and street teams to staff bar events all across the country, literally from coast to coast. We had bar events in Brooklyn and Manhattan, Chicago, Miami, LA, DC, and really hit up all our key markets, offered people free drinks for downloading Archer, but also had people on the ground to talk to them about what Archer was, why we're here, what we're here to provide them with. And we also hosted Archer official parties. We went to Fire Island. We did some in Manhattan. We also sponsored concerts to support queer artists. So we worked with Orville Peck. We've worked with Jordy. Um, so we've really been all over the place. And it, it was really important. And I think, you know, obviously we're paying attention to the data. We're looking at the downloads. That's where we're seeing what's working and what's not working. But what was there was a couple of moments that were really, really cool to see last year. One was I walked into a bar in Manhattan and I saw it was a gay bar and the bartender was on Archer. And that was the coolest thing to see. Another was I was looking at my Instagram stories and whenever... I already started the story, so now I have to say it. And everyone's <laughs> going to think I'm creepy, but for anyone I follow, if they're tagging other people, I'm always so curious, and I'll check out their profiles. Oh, we always do that. <laughs> and I wound up on someone's page that after Pride, they were at a party, and there was Archer swag at that party because we had street team members go to Harlem Pride, go to Manhattan Pride, hand out fans and other Archer swag, and that swag ended up in a house party in Brooklyn and I'm sure was a conversation starter. So those little moments that really help that guerrilla marketing that helps drive word of mouth for us was so cool to see happen. And I feel like also because you've brought in creators and brought in people who actually like see it and aren't just doing it to kind of check a box but actually do enjoy it and do believe in the mission. Like I've talked to like other friends and other creators about it and stuff and it's like they genuinely like it, and you can tell, like, it's not like, a, oh, like, I'm, because you can sometimes tell when people are, like, doing something where it's like, oh, I did this to get Coachella artist passes or whatever. No shade to those that do it. But, like, you know, people that, like, just doing it to, like, check a box, but it's like these people genuinely like it, and that feeds off and bleeds off to other people. And then, like you said, that's going to spread word of mouth versus, like, those were just, like, oh, yeah, it's just something I got where it's, like, no, like, they they know it, they believe it, they like the mission, they stand for it. Absolutely. And then, like, for looking at this year, like, what plans can, what plans do you guys have up your sleeve, like, event-wise? Like, are you rolling out internationally? Like, what are the kind of the next steps? You know, this year we're really focused on monetization and product innovation. So you're going to see new free and paid features being released in the coming months. And we're doubling down on growth within the United States before we expand to new markets. When it comes time to take this internationally, 
we're going to choose all the cities that I personally want to vacation in. That's just a strategy. <laughs> I mean, it makes I'm, sense. I'm like going to our CEO and a CPO and I'm like, I'd love to go back to London and Paris. So that's our list. <laughs> um, but we do have some exciting marketing plans coming out this year. Nothing I can speak to yet or tease, but definitely keep an eye out for Archer. You never know where we're going to pop up and we might even pop up on one of your favorite shows. Oh. This summer. Oh my goodness. I'm we love about, a good tease. I'm I like, love oh, a I'm tease. Like, uh, how do we know what to say after that? Goodness. Um, okay. To wrap us up, what advice do you have for people who are listening? Like, oh, I love this. Like, we're talking about LGBT inclusion and like what we can do. I feel like right now a lot of brands and people, they're struggling between like kind of creating that space in an authentic way and organic mm-hmm. way that everybody kind of feels seen and safe versus like the typical like June show up or whatever, but what are what's advice you have for those who are like we want to show up for the community twenty four seven, but like where do we start and like how do we even get to like a page where we can get that conversation started? The community needs to be a part of the conversation, and we need to have a seat at the table. We surveyed and spoke with over one thousand gay and queer men. Before we launched Archer, we assembled a group of community advocates across New York City, which was our launch market. We brought them into the office. We also brought our creators and influencers into our office as well. We gave them an entire product demo. We showed them the go-to-market marketing strategy. We let them weigh in on everything that we were doing we have gay men leading several of the teams here from data to marketing to product. We also partnered with the right people. We brought Glad into the conversation. We spent weeks, months working with that team um, on everything from product names to product features to marketing messaging. And they were an incredible resource for us. I would also say be a valuable resource to the community. On Archer, we have a health hub where gay and queer experts every month contribute content related to mental, physical, and sexual health. We also partnered with Building Healthy Online Communities to distribute free HIV tests. And through our work with Braze, who we use for Archer's email and push notifications, We've actually seen HIV tests ordered by our users more than double on the day we announced Archer was available nationwide, which was really exciting for us to see because we do want to be a resource for our community. And then lastly, I can't believe we have to say this, but invest in our community. It was really, really important for me that when I was given a budget for Archer that I was collaborating collaborating with and hiring queer agencies, queer-owned agencies, queer talent, queer freelancers. So every dollar I've spent for Archer has really been reinvested into the the queer community. Um, And we've always made sure that gay men, gay, bisexual, and queer men have a seat at the table, that they're part of the conversation, and that we're not only relying on the queer talent that we have actually working at the company. I, I love that. We'll, like, invest in us. We got to keep the 
keep the money in the community when we can. We have yeah. to do that. Also, now I'm just curious. If you could pick a celebrity or anybody to do an Archer collab with, like, who would you pull? It could also be a show if you're like, hey, I want to, like, partner with that show. Like, let's manifest here for a minute. Who do we want? <laughs> There's so many people I want. <laughs> I absolutely love RuPaul. I love Andy Cohen. I loved working with Gus. He was such an incredible partner and a really, really fun one for us. A Troy Savon. Oh, I love Troy. There's so many people. Oh my god, I love Troy. There's so many good. There's so many good people. And again, this kind of shows like if you asked five gay men who their dream person would be, it's gonna be so different. So it's really hard to choose someone who's gonna reach the widest audience. But those are a couple of people that immediately came to mind. I know as soon as we wrapped, there was going to be like 25 more people. I know. I'm like blanking. I'm like, who would I? I can't even, like, I can't, I can't even Lil think. Nas. He's like, a fun oh, one. Oh, he'd be amazing. Um, Who else? Um, What's his face from Green Day? Joel Armstrong. I had a major Green Day moment at my desk the other day when that subway video oh, went yeah, yeah. viral on TikTok. I was like, yeah. I listened to Green Day at my desk for like four hours straight. Need it. Brought I want to go to the school. concert. I want to go to the concert. I need to go. Wait, I'm like blanking. I, I, I want. I, I can't think of who else, but it'll come back to me. But anyway, Michael, thank you for being here. Just blessing our ears on this glorious day of Galentine's, because Galentine's is officially February 13th. So what a way to kick off the day. Thank you so much for having me. I have been listening to this podcast since came out a couple of years ago. I can't believe it. Over a hundred episodes oh now. God. I, I know my numbers. But, look, come on numbers. But it's it's been such an honor and I always love catching up with you. Oh, sure, amazing. You know, Chris Jenner works hard, but we are working harder. <laughs> You're not lying. <laughs> wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.